cliffcentral.com. This show contains adult content. If you find it offensive, please go to the cliffcentral.com website where there's a show for you. CliffCentral.com. It is Friday morning. This is Unradio. This is Unscripted. And this is, without a doubt, Uncensored. Sex Talk with John Tisola and Tamar. Looks really pretty this morning. Thank you. Really I'll, cool. I'll take a photo of myself and just do a selfie. No, I won't do that. For all your stalkers and perks. Yeah, if you can, we want to jerk off, you know, just do it now. Just get over it. Then you can listen to the show. You know what's amazing is how seconds. quickly you go into the gutter. <laughs> I don't know. Why not? Why not? Why not? There's it, no foreplay. That's like, true. Yeah, you but see, I've been trying to teach you this for so long. The power is in the build I'm a pessimistic person. I don't believe. Like you're just going straight for the goal. Because let's get it over with. Once they climax, then if they don't go to sleep, they can listen. Uh, is, is that your theory? I don't know. We practice a lot of a lot of uh, trying, trial and error. And yeah. That's just a, the way it goes. Yeah, I, I want to listen to you, sweetie, and I want to learn about sexuality. And then you know, seven minutes later, it's like it's it's difficult. No, you're done. <laughs> Not me. Seven is a very interesting number connected to sex. I'll tell you why okay, just now. Okay, cool. Okay, so um, a special guest. Really cool to meet you, Dr. Bradley Wachemarka. Why, thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, if I know it's a doctor, I would have speak to him a little bit more. It's just Jewish well, doctor. No, husband is only open. You know, <laughs> well, maybe we can. T- we can always do some internal exams just yeah, now. Okay, wonderful. I'll get closer to you just now, there Dr. There we Brad. go. There <laughs> we go. And we are talking about male sexuality, which is always one of our favorite topics. And it's such a an important topic because male sexuality was always considered this really simple thing. Yeah. And it is so complex. It is so nice. And as we learn, getting more and more and more complex. So really cool that you came to share with us. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you very much. And Bradley is a sex talk virgin. This is your first totally. time. Totally. I'm so nervous. Isn't My first it, time. Isn't it nice to be a virgin somehow? Well, I yes. dream about those days sometimes. <laughs> do all virgins have sweaty palms? Yes, yeah. they do. <laughs> they do. They have sweaty palms. They um, can't speak. You know, they need water. Drink some water, Bradley. It's really okay. So that's Fantastic. So we have a little problem here. As soon no. as we get it sorted out, we will do the dirty dictionary. Is that like a male so ejaculation issue? So where must I play issue? the dirty dictionary through then, Jen, <laughs> Bradley, is this something that you're kind of like passionate about regarding okay. making Shh. men feel comfortable? Shh. Stop, because <laughs> now we're playing. Yeah. Oh. The dirty dictionary jingle. It's a whole new system. No, it's a whole new person. Nobody can hear it. Nobody can hear it, person. Yeah. <laughs> Today's dirty dictionary word is Hybristophilia <laughs> Dirty dictionary word Hi- Hybristophilia 
it's exactly male sexuality. It's like it's performance issues. Performance issues, absolutely. <laughs> Any idea what high bristophily is? No, I do not know. Take a guess. High bristo again. High bristophilia. It's something that you like, and it has to do with coffee because it's a barista filia. It's something oh, you like okay. coffee. You you get off by coffee. You jerk off with coffee beans. You that's what you do. It's and jerking off into the coffee. Yeah, it's, you know, in some cultures it might be interesting because after hearing that rats poop coffee and then you take it and all these French weird coffees that take the poop of the idea. So it might be. It might be some coffee with some semen. Okay. Yeah. Bradley, any idea? Oh, I would say it sounds like a French pastry. Not going to lie. Mm. (laughs) Okay, so you are. That is a new word. So you are both so far off base. Yes. Okay, but we're feeling close. I expected as such. Okay. (laughs) Smarty pants, any idea? We're putting you on the spot there. Let's put a microphone on. No clue. No, no clue. clue at all. No, they okay. think it's it's the it's Bradley's feminine side talking, but it's not. Oh, There's okay. another wonderful yeah, woman me. here. That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> she's <laughs> just she wants to be anonymous, mm. yeah. but okay. she's too cute. Okay, so message us what you think hybristophilia is. Zero seven nine seven four eight two zero nine zero is our WhatsApp number. We would love to hear. We'd love to hear about male sexuality. Does it work? Doesn't work? What do you do when it doesn't work? Um, hmm. Really interesting. So, um, what brought you to male sexuality? Well, to be honest, the the start on the whole sexuality uh, research <laughs> side of things, which is specifically where I'm I'm kind of based, was around um, female reproductive biology. To be honest, so after my medical degree, I did a, a research, a science research degree in uh, the problems associated with reproductive issues in women. Um, it, it centered more around hormone changes mm-hmm. and the effects on their connective tissues, etc. So it was a little distance from, you know, true sexual dysfunction per se, but. Ultimately, um, that was that was the start of, of, of the study and the journey. Um, male sexual dysfunction became a real focus for us because uh, my role as, as a medical director and head of research and development is to look at issues that face our community of people and find alternate solutions mm. that you know might might be opposed to conventional pharmacology or, or traditional therapies that are out there. Are there other ways of doing this? Are, we, are there other ways to help uh, patients? And um, the, the the work went from female studies to kind of male studies. And, you know, before long, women were saying, listen, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a lot better, but, you know, my husband is has got some issues. Mm-hmm. And and this tends to be where, where most of the male sexual dysfunction tends to come up in a more formal sense. When I say that, I mean from a clinical standpoint. Mm-hmm. They'd kind of go, listen, I'm, I'm here for actually my husband. You know, he doesn't really want to come talk to anyone. And, and, and the issue is he's not really performing. And, you know, what, what do you have for him? And this sort of peaked the flow and, 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 and research direction that we found ourselves on. And mm. so that's really how the male sexual dysfunction element came about and, mm. and where it is today. Mm. And that's really interesting because the vast majority of men who experience sexual problems will not get help for it. No. Um, and there's not a week that goes past where I don't get at least minimum of one email or phone call from someone who, from a woman whose partner is struggling and will not do anything about it. For sure. For sure. And it's fascinating. And over the years, I've been doing what I do for almost 20 years. I don't know how long that you've been involved in this field for. I think it's probably a while yes. as well. <laughs> There's nobody has ever been able to work out 
the triggers of how do you actually get a man to admit this mm-hmm. and then to talk about it and then to do something about it. And the interesting thing is that so often these problems are really easily solved. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the thing. It's linked to ego. It's, it's such a complex thing for men. Absolutely. Well, you know, I think that therein lies the beauty of the relationship because ultimately the, the, the partner – um, in this sense, that the, the in this case, the female who's coming to see you for their issues will be the mouthpiece for their partner, saying, "Look, it's affecting us. Our relationship is going down the tubes. We're suffering difficulties because of this his issue." So he, he's invariably not going to come forward and say, "Listen, you know, um, this is yeah. what I need." Although, although I must say, more and more men are aware that there yeah. are effective, safe options out there, and they're going well. All right, let's you know bite the bullet. It's typically called the the door handle consultation. Mm. On mm. the exit of the consult, they're there for a sore throat. Yeah, yeah. and on the That's way, they go, oh, a... by the way, listen, while I'm here, <laughs> but, I have this thing. Yeah, I got this thing that, yeah. that uh, my wife won't you know won't let me forget it. <laughs> and and so the, the 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 female tends to be the mouthpiece, as I oh. said. So. Thanks to you, ladies. Yes, that's helping a lot of men out there. That's the way to get the product going yeah, and all the. And we, yeah, we know. Thank you so much. Because <laughs> so much of, of, of male sexual performance is linked to our ego and our mm. self definition mm. as a man. For sure. But you know, I sat with somebody in my office, it was a new client, came to see me last week, and he personified so many men and so many men's stories. Yeah. And. He sat down and he said, this is the thing. I've been expected to be this amazing lover with no education for it, with no preparation for it, and I'm supposed to know how it works and happens, and I don't. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. You know, it, it's, 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 the, it's the real issue that we face mm. today with, with dealing and treating uh, male sexual dysfunction is that if tr- formal medicine will kind of go, listen, this is a physiological, physical mm. response, and if you know, we can fix it. And and even even now, there are formal uh, classifications mm. that uh, you can use to determine: Are you sexually dysfunctional? Mm. Do you have erectile dysfunction? Mm. How bad is it? And it's a very much a tick the box and count your score, and there's your diagnosis. But it, it totally excludes the whole psychosexual, you know, relationship behavior uh, element, mm, and so that's true. a huge limitation. So, you know, men might, over and above not being entirely sure how mm. to engage, perhaps, um, when it comes to an actual physical fault, that's it's not, it's not working. Mm. You know, I, I I think I have a rough idea what to do, but it's not responding the way it should, type yeah. of thing. Um, that's that's where things become quite objective. And again, to your point, mm. people tend to ignore the, the, the psychological yeah. issues as well. And I've just realized we actually need a new word because psychosexual is the mind mm. and our sexuality. We need something that includes the heart and emotions. So we actually need a new word. workshop. So actually, so Charlie, I know that you're <laughs> listening. What are you going to come up with for that? And that'll be a really Emotional, interesting one. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting. So what is interesting that a lot of, of, of male sexual issues are often quite physiological. Yes. So factors like overweight, for example. And one of the things in my work that's come up quite often is weak lower back and hamstring muscles. Mm-hmm. And that's often just from being sedentary. Yeah. But that has enormous impact on erection. Sure, sure. Well, the question is whether they are indirect you know, markers for, mm. for just aging, chronological mm. aging. You know, typically if you look at, Stats and for what they're worth, um, you know, as many papers as you read is as many different uh, definitions of, of dysfunction or, or rather incidents of dysfunction. Mm-hmm. 
But if you look at the actual cutoff of when this starts really becoming a bigger issue, mm. is, is from the age of forty. Yeah, mm. you know, forty upwards, below forty, unless you have diabetes or a, or a, you know a defined medical illness. Depressed. Typically, it's it's maybe you know between five to maybe fourteen percent. Mm. But the minute you hit forty, it hits you know sometimes up to forty. Percent, yeah. mm. and then as you get older, that is the number one predictor of the risk. And the question is, are you having lower back pain because you are forty sedentary? And mm. uh, you know, if you if you're eighteen with a low back pain and, and hamstring hamstring problems, you're probably not still going to have ED, you know, erectile dysfunction. So, mm. the the one variable that has come through consistently is age, and of course, with that goes you know the aging syndromes mm. of heart disease, uh, hyperlipidemia, cholesterol issues, etc. But, um, yes, age and these associated physical issues definitely mm. go together. So lifestyle plays a huge part so in this. Yeah. And the interesting thing is from, from sitting a, yeah, all the time. And, and, but, and from a purely energy point of view, mm. when you are more involved in life, you're more vigorous. Yeah. And that word is really important because vigor is life force. Mm. Life force flows. Sure. I mean, even, even hormonally, the yeah. more active, the more the more uh, uh, um, involved you are. The, the mm. higher in males, you higher your testosterone levels are. You know, your your feeling, your libido mm. goes up, and this assists with erectile functioning, etc. Mm. So those people who aren't engaging, those who are sitting behind mm. the desk, um, smokers, you know, uh, uh, social drugs, mm. they have a have a profound effect on all of this. Alcohol, alcohol, yeah. alcohol is absolutely the biggest. South thing. Africa is also. A, Europe, oh. South Africa, drinking after mm. four o'clock, three o'clock, two o'clock, you start yeah. your drinking. There you go. You know, it's the whole blood pressure, the whole, you know, vascular activity, everything that happens because of alcohol. Mm. And it's almost like you can't perform sometimes without alcohol. And sometimes alcohol becomes mm. the downer. And it's a whole cycle. It's a vicious cycle. I need to, mm. you know, I need to feel secure. I need to feel a man. I'm going to drink. I have to tell you from this. Oh, we're going there. Let's go there. Okay. okay, so from different journeys in my life, I, I have become so aware of the impact of alcohol sure. um, and the negative, the detrimental effect this has on so many aspects mm. of our being. Wow, it's huge. And sexually, it's enormous. And it's the most Spiritually, legal. Spiritually, it's in. That's the thing. It's like the most legal, dangerous Shit. drug on the face of the planet. Absolutely. Mm. I and mean, we, and in terms of performance in alcohol, mm. I mean, we have we have James Bond to thank for that, don't we? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, order a bottle of champagne before the conquest, you know. <laughs> and so you, you hey, take. Hey, you have to be focused. <laughs> have a cigar yeah. and a champagne. Yeah, yeah no, no one asks for a smoothie and. A, no, you know, where's my, you know, my greenies yeah. to get alkaline? Exactly. And my how many people need. Alcohol to get to a certain exactly. point to remove their inhibitions. See it in the club. You yeah. see it in the eve. You see it everywhere. It's like Absolutely. wherever you go, even you think sexually free environments, people can be you know more yeah. comfortable. They will drink so much. Like literally, the business um, plan around sex clubs and swinging clubs, it's the alcohol right. because you, we don't feel comfortable about a body. We don't know how to become harassed from just. Intimacy. We need either to have it in the porn magazine or not mm. to have it at all. So we have some words: sacrosexual or sapiosacrosexual. Love it. So sapiosexual is about is about intelligence. Yes. 
Okay. So there we go. Oh. That's an interesting one. Okay. Thank you. That's cool. We will think more about that one. We will offer it to Harvard. Who, who defines English? Uh, who is accepting the English words? Well, you know, it's beautiful. Every year now, somebody is publishing the newest words that are being accepted yeah. in the dictionary. So I think it comes through, I think it might come through Harvard or one or of the Oxford, or Oxford yeah, yeah. Or Oxford Dictionary or one of them. And they yeah. publish this whole list of new words that are in the dictionary <laughs> based on, on come, expansion chop, of language. Chop, keep up with the and words. Are regarding really sex. funny, Coming some up. of them. Yeah, definitely. We are because you know we've been doing this for three and a half years, and every single Friday we have had a different dirty dictionary word. You are and amazing, Jonty. And, and there's so many more. more. There's so many more. And there's like so there's cool. like a word for anything. It's like if you like to be, you know, poked in the ear while you fuck. There's a word for it. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Absolutely. Some people. We don't like know what it. it is. We don't know what it is just yet. Yeah. Pokey, pokeyphilia, or something like that. Oh, Pokemon. Pokemon. That's a good one. Pokemon. <laughs> Come on. Poke. But it comes with a tone. Pokemon. Pokemon. <laughs> That's really, Poke really the moan. funny. Poke the moan. Oh, okay. my God, I got excited there. So there's an interesting thing. And in South Africa, this plays a really big part. And in the email that um, that I received before the show, something struck me is how different races and different cultural groups look at male sexual issues and dysfunction. Hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. So talk a little yeah. bit about that, please. Well, you know, if you were to try and objectively assess data, you would, you'd have a tough time of it because, you know, if you if you look at data sets, it's a general populace. So mm. they say a populace of 40 men of this age were, were assessed. So very seldom do you find this being broken up into smaller groups with males. Surprisingly, you find it for female sexual dysfunction, which is becoming more and more spoken mm. about, especially with the advent of these new drugs in the States, etc. Um, but so you can see cultural differences in female attitudes towards Sex and sexual functioning, but even then, even in the in the literature, mm. uh, male sexual function per culture is is often not uh, clearly defined. Mm. So I suppose a lot of it would still be extrapolation or for for cultural belief. You know, it's uh, some people believe that um, you know in order to perform, you need to have an erection for the entire night. Mm. And heaven's help, if it, if any sign of failure, then you know you're you're impotent. That's hardly the case. And you know, if you if you just look at the data of of uh, again. Objective data, mm. but if you go back and look at um, you know the the average time we talk about ejaculation, premature mm. ejaculation, and those types of issues, where we say the definition is less than a minute. If you if you've ejaculated less than a minute after after initiating intercourse, you have premature ejaculation. Now, some people, uh, the average is five minutes, by the way. Uh, some people say, oh gosh, no, I, sh- I should sustain this for that hours. That explains a lot of things. Yeah, it does. Hey, that, I mean, that's an official number. Go and check it out. <laughs> and so, so then you take that and you say, well, you know, some, some people's uh, definition of, you know, being a man is, is I, I can go till you tell me to stop. Mm. It's just not realistic. Mm-mm. And, um, and so who, who adopts that? Who doesn't? Well, realistic again. You know, if, if there's a break in between, maybe. <laughs> no, if yeah. it's not all about uh, f- functioning, you know, only yeah. with your penis. Yeah. What have, yeah. This is exactly, and this is, it just struck me now that when we talk about male sexual function and dysfunction, mm. we are concerned with two things only, with erection and ejaculation. Mm, that's true. That's it. We're not concerned with the rest of this being. We're concerned with six, what, 15 centimeters of <laughs> our body. Yeah. And the fact is that that 15 centimeters is representative of this entire being. Mm. Well, you know, th- a little bit more to that. I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the, the International Index of Erectile Function. I'm not. Okay. This is a fantastic initiative that was originally published in around 2007, 
where investigators said, look, it's not just about the erection. There surely has to be more. And so within this 15-questionnaire assessment, self-administered questionnaire, Mm -hmm. they have defined male sexuality as including four key areas. And they said erectile functioning is, of course, one. Uh, Orgasmic functioning is another. Then sexual desire and mm. the fourth and final was satisfaction with intercourse. Mm. So by trying to, you know, throw a wider mm. net of issues that men could definitely have issues with beyond just an actual erection, these four what we call domains can actually be evaluated. And so for example, if the first domain, the erectile function, is a problem, there are certain drugs, treatments, blah blah blah. If you go down to subsequent domains of of, you know, uh, orgasm issues or or a desire, then they say, no, 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 no. For, for, if you have desire-based issues on this scoring system, drugs aren't going to help you. Mm-hmm. You know, taking this, taking that, forget it. You need to go and speak to someone. You need counseling. Bring your partner mm-hmm. because that's, that's what's going to help you through this. So I think they've had the foresight to move away from just the pure erection discussion to slightly further and beyond, mm-hmm. which is, which is encouraging. Um, However, having said that, there was two, 2007 and, you know, 10 years later, we still don't see much beyond that. Yeah. So it is, it, ex, it excludes a lot of factors which clearly would have an mm. impact on, on a male sexuality. But I think it's an attempt to move beyond just, yeah. as you say. Which is fantastic. Yeah. So I will tell you one thing now and one thing we'll come back to later about soft sex. All right. Which can be mind-blowing. Well, there you go. Um, so much to learn. But the interesting <laughs> thing about that is um, – and it was a big insight for me recently was especially when you talk about desire. Mm. So one of the problems with desire is it needs to be present. It needs to match your partners. Um, and often those two issues are not in sync. Mm. And desire waxes and wanes due to so many factors, to stress, to medication, to tiredness, to work, to everything your about being human. Yeah, yeah mm. and it, it will come and go, and that's the simple truth of it. Right. Um, and for me, the biggest realization, and this is with Every man that I work with now Change the focus and make the heart The entry point to sex Not the genitals Mm. Mm. When the heart becomes the center of desire Your body changes And then your body's response changes Your body's reaction changes Desire is always present through the heart It's not always present through the body And that for me was It was a huge realization Of shifting that and when men get that sex ch- starts to change that confronts yeah. you with a lot of things confronts you with your partner because you know John to you're you're walking a really really in beautiful deep and real path and most couples start their journey very young and they have expectations they want to tick the boxes of marriage and children they come together for many times not the wrong reasons but the obvious reasons and they never work on their intimacy and they don't care in the deepest level they care more about their joint assets if it's kids, if it's their performance in life, you know, they're kind of a couple. It's that being a productive entity. I don't know, productive ink. And, um, Jonty says it all the time. And I heard lately a podcast by Esther Perel, which you've mentioned her last week, uh, the Belgium sexologist and couple therapist that she says in one of the podcasts called Where Shall We Begin? And she documents some couples coming to, to sessions in New York. And one of them was about dysfunctionality or erectile dysfunction and so on. And she says, I actually don't know this term anymore. I'm not, I'm not willing to, unless it's a medical problem that you've been diagnosed with. I'm not interested to hear that term here in my, in my practice. I don't think it's real. I think you have, like Jonty said, the heart. What does it mean, the heart? There's issues that you haven't resolved. 
anger, your, you know, your issues with yourself. How do you percept yourself as a man? How do you deal with your issues? What was your past like? What is your present with your wife? And, you know, the wife was just talking about such frustration and so much anger. And she said to her, you know what? It's, 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 it's wonderful. Thank you for sharing. And she listened to the man as well. She said, thank you for sharing all of that. But the anger and the frustration is yours because you're expecting. There's so much expectations Mm -hmm. on him. And that went on and on, and it's very interesting. But she said, in my practice, unless you've been medically diagnosed, don't talk to me about erectile dysfunction. And that's about the performance and the expectation. And Mm. then what you said in in terms of the fourth pillar of that erectile index was fulfilling sex Mm. and what that actually means. And I wrote an article about it two weeks ago that said it it was about meaningful sex. And it said, what does that actually mean? Because everybody wants to have more meaningful sex, and they want to learn tantra, and they want to learn all the stuff. What does it actually mean? And you need to sit down and say, this is what meaningful sex is for me. Mm. And that changes. Mm. Mm. And that's the thing. Every day it's different. So today I might really want just the physical stuff and the orgasm. And tomorrow I want intimacy. I want love. I want tenderness. Yes. But, but then again, going against mm. the typical, you know, male stereotype, mm. you know, if, if, if more people would be aware of the fact that when they walk into their doctor's room and go, listen, I, I can't perform, um, give me a script. Mm. Um, if they were to learn about these other variables, I think you'd see the, the pharmaceutical industry, you know, wringing their wrists, mm. their, their, their wrists and their necks because, you know, sales would plummet. But the, the end of the you day, well, that's not such a terrible thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that's another story. It's a different story. Day, yes. But, but, but at the end of the day, that's regret. Uh, where the money lies and so mm. the marketing and the promotion of listen you're not you're not performing you're not feeling as though you're mm. getting a, a meaningful response from your 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 union take this tablet and you'll mm. be a tiger yeah. before yeah. you know it so yeah the fact that there are three other domains mm. as part of that index is is critical and and there i would encourage a lot of my own medical colleagues to say guys let's understand there, there's more to this mm. and uh, and and there i think uh, even improvement in informal training and education it's, it's it's something that a lot of people need just beyond the the patient it's it's the caregivers as well absolutely but but to your point tomorrow there, there does i think come a point where the male having had the intimate connection with their partner uh, a real loving and and safe environment can still have a scenario where they go despite all this i just can't perform and and sure. the anxiety kicks in and then that sure. just becomes oh. a vicious circle and that's it an is interest, yeah an interesting thing um that is in our brain called the default motor network default Sounds motor like network puts us it's our patterns mm. full stop and the interesting thing is we run on patterns Sure. So once you've had one incident where, let's say, you weren't able to get an erection, immediately that little idea starts to sit there. And then next time your thought is, well, it's going to happen it. again. Yeah. 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 What happens it starts if, to grow. But also there's the, the thing, John T., when it comes to um, intimacy, when the connection, mm-hmm. you know, you talk a lot about the heart. And when there's a lot of actually great closeness between in a couple sometimes sexuality becomes a little bit foreign as well so that's the other side of the of the interesting equation that sometimes we get so comfortable and so cuddly and so loving and we watch all the movies together in bed we massage each other but we don't cross it to the wild side we don't cross it to well, that's the novelty. terrible i mean that, uh, why terrible you wasting your time <laughs> why no, <laughs> no, John D. It's like I think that's the other side that is we don't speak of sometimes often that intimacy can become also a trap. 
Because yeah. we consider it as it becomes comfortable. Yeah. We hug and snug and cuddle and tell everything ever to you know well, to any, each other. Any pattern often becomes yeah. its own limitation. What would you suggest to a couple that gets too cushy and like loving and sharing everything with each other? Don't keep anything to novelty or mystery. Be wild. Be wild. Be wild. Go there and kidnap her. So. In terms of creating that pattern in the body or between the body and the brain, how many repetitions of an incident would there need to be for that to be to become problematic? Well, in in terms of that, of of repeated exposure to the hmm. same event, you'd probably look about seven or so exposures before people start okay. going. Look, actually, this is really serious, you know. Hmm. And of course, I'm I'm speaking degrees of anxiety. Yeah. So let's not be naive to think that after the first time all is good. You're still going, yeah. good heavens, what was that? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sure that oh, it, you know, and find a way to justify it. But, but I think for a lot of seven. men that does happen once or twice, and it's not a big oh, yeah. deal because no, no, no. it will be a natural consequence of stress of a hard day of tiredness. Sure, that that bottle of champagne that you mm. try <laughs> to be like James Bond, and it yeah. came back and bit you, yeah. <laughs> shaken and not stirred. Mm-hmm. Um, no, absolutely, and and that's also <laughs> imperative to define mm-hmm. that. Dysfunction is not, listen, it didn't happen last night. Come and see me. We'll get you going on therapy. You know, we're talking three, two to three months of repeated failure mm. to achieve uh, the, the, the interaction that you're intending. Mm. Let's put it that way. Because there still is no clear definition of, listen, you, you didn't perform to that level. Therefore, you're dysfunctional. It's, it's, it's really a personal matter. Were you satisfied? No. Well, in that context, it's dysfunction for mm. you. You know, so uh, seven repeated events would typically start uh, psychologically having a more profound okay. effect and something you take a lot more seriously and probably then become that negative feedback loop. Mm. So we come back to seven again. So, you know, it's interesting. There was a book written a while ago, a long time ago, called The Seven Year Itch. Mm. Seven yeah. Year Itch said most affairs happen seven years after a marriage or a relationship begins. So what? has come out that's quite interesting is oxytocin, which is our love hormone, has a seven-year cycle. Right. And after seven years, it tends to drop. And your levels dip down, etc. And that's when yeah. you start looking for something else something to boost new. it. And instead of looking in your relationship and learning, we look outside. Right. And it comes with, with boredom and things. And that was quite an interesting one. Right. And should so you do that, go elsewhere, then you run the risk of seven years down the line having to repeat well, the whole cycle. Yeah. Well, yeah. the problem with that is if you're going to have anything outside of your relationship or have an open relationship, that's absolutely fine. Not as a cure for problems within your relationship. Definitely. And that's where I think people fall down. They're looking for excitement. Um, and more often than not, that is very destructive to a relationship. So that definitely does not have to be there. Sure. At all. And, and that's where the pharmacology side comes mm. in again. I, I know I'm going on about this, mm. but that's, that's ultimately, I think, what drives um, a lot of the pharma industry supply of mm. these types of medicines. It's because, uh, you know, you, you want to spice things up. And, you know, if you were to take a room full of men and say, right, each of you write down a piece of paper, what are you going to do to spice things mm. up? You know, I think a large portion, given today's access to information on medicines and the safety, et cetera, mm. would probably write down, I'm going to take one of these little tablets yeah. and perform for 24 hours. Let me excite things that way. When in fact there, there are, you know, a whole lot of options, but I don't think most men really know of those. And I, I generalize, of course. Yeah. But no, but absolutely. You're totally correct. Mm. Um, and learning a range of sexual and sensual practices is where that will happen and where it will change. Um, so let's 
do this while we're here. Let's talk a little bit about soft sex. So soft sex can be an absolutely amazing experience for men and women. And I'll share something with you that that we discovered that's incredibly beautiful. Um, and it came up after we had had an, inc- an extended weekend of the most amazing lovemaking, very high energy. And I think at one point after about three hours or so, it was... Okay, now our bodies are kind of getting into a very, very different space. But this arousal and connection was still there. So here is a beautiful thing to do as a soft sex expression. The best position for it is woman is lying on her back. Man is inside of her and you need lots and lots of lube for this. So lots of good quality lube. Coconut oil, really, really good. Your favorite lube or your recommendation is? Uh, well, t- uh, coconut oil is probably the most inert. I'd go okay. with that. Okay. Chemically, I have to go back to rational. Okay. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so she is lying on her back with her legs together. And your legs are on either side of hers. And either you're inside of her or you're just outside. And with lots and lots of lube, you're moving really, really slowly. So you're either rubbing your cock on her clit, which is really amazing in that position, or you're inside moving really slowly. And because of that position, your pubic bone is right on hers. So there's quite a lot of external G-spot stimulation, and that's absolutely amazing. And you can be in that position for a long time and have the most amazing and intense pleasure. Everybody's mesmerized. Yes. Well, well, cutting the show short. We're going home. Yeah. Thank you. We're going to practice. Pen. I need to take that down. <laughs> can I? Can I show you? It's much nicer when you have an image to remind yourself. But the exploration. So, as a person who deals, so what do you do? How do you really help people? What do you do in your day-to-day life? Well. I moved. I have moved mostly out of the actual clinical okay, day to day because um, that's also that's, limited. You can help only one person so at a time, and yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, from a, a research and development point of view, our focus has been a lot more on, admittedly, coming back to the erectile function side, but to to research and discover are there safer alternatives for males mm. out there? Things that, it, instead of taking something, whatever it might be, and now being superhuman for the next period of time. Is there something that you could use as a day-to-day food supplement, something you take all the time, and be able to perform for what I suppose one would define as normally from the scale point of view? Could you achieve a successful erection such that you can have uh, acceptable or, or enjoyable intercourse? I mean, that's by definition what it's about. But something that you'd be using every day as a supplement, as a, as a nutrient. Mm. So not and to go as it as a disease. It's, no. it's to support the maintenance. The so it's a shift in exactly. perspective mm. to, exactly. to putting that as part of our health, not as a problem. Exactly. It's not a problem. It's something, no. it's just something that as part of your health approach, what mm. is you, 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 you know, you, you prefer to eat greens. And yeah. uh, you don't like apples. It, it's entirely up to you. Mm. But if you could just include in your regular day-to-day diet something that was very good for you, very safe, no adverse events, no adverse effects, and it would allow the physiological deterioration with age to be reversed to a large extent. Now, all of a sudden, you've just destigmatized this whole mm. thing as being you're ill, something's wrong with you, to you're, you're back to normal. Your, your functioning is physiologically was mm. what it was a good few years ago. 
And so that's something we, together with some partners, um, uh, some research groups overseas, spent a lot of time looking at and testing and developing. And um, that's really where I spend more of my time. Okay. Mm. Yeah, we are going to also give some information on the Twitter, in the Twitter account, if uh, people want to hear more about it. Mm. Yeah. That's really cool. But you know, I've, I'm, I'm seeing it all the time. So it's either if a man can get his cock up for a long time, that's the only thing they're proud of. <laughs> Woohoo! You know, I get, got it right. And, um, I see a lot of people, like you can even buy in some sex clubs some Viagra alternatives. Mm-hmm. And you see it in the day to day chats. This is what is important. How much time, you know, did it last? And, and nobody wants to know how many hours did you give pleasure to each other, but that, and that is the whole shift in yeah. the mind. Yeah, yeah it's that's the gap, isn't it? So biggest gap, yeah. biggest gap. Interesting thing. Let's just go somewhere else for a second. Please, is the dynamics of a relationship where there are erectile or ejaculation issues, and those become really fascinating. Um, firstly, it has to be acknowledged, mm. and I think a lot of women are nervous of doing that. Because they know the impact it's going to have. So how am I going to tell him that I'm not satisfied? Mm. How am I going to tell him this is a problem? And that's a really interesting one. And then there's pressure. There is pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Because we do, we do, we do that. It's, it might not be an honest conversation, but there will be maybe frustration and faces Mm. and. And I've seen so many women who say, no, it's okay. Doesn't matter. And that is just so problematical. Yeah, I'll take one. T- it's fine as long as the you know he loves yeah. me. It's fine. So men have to be, a man has to be strong enough to be able to say, yes, this is an issue. Yeah. Well, that comes back to your, your comment mm. of a friend or colleague of yours. You said, uh, where you know no one teaches you these things yeah. as as a male. Um, you're you're expected to be. You know, this omni, omnipotent individual, you mm-hmm. can do anything and for as long as you see, there's that word again. Yeah. <laughs> how long, how long do you want this, you know, mm. for type of thing? And, uh, you know, if, 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 if men would have had the, uh, I suppose the opportunity to have learned more about this mm. other side and say, look, it's not all about that. Just, you know, take a load off. It's not so bad. Yeah. Um, to your point, I mean, the soft sex you mentioned, you know, becomes, becomes a thrilling thought if you, if you take away this whole pressure. Yeah. And learning, expanded orgasm, different types of massage, yoni massage, ringer massage, all of those possibilities. And the shout out to the ladies, yeah. educating ladies. It's not. Be, I know for myself, I thought, okay, I'm not sexy enough. I'm not hot enough. He's not getting it up. It's something that I. But had, that's often the first thought. That's is the it's first about thought. Me, about me, not about him. Yeah. Mm. And that's incredibly dangerous. But that's our conditioning. Is that it's about me? I'm not good enough. I'm not. Um, Mm. It's a big thing. It's a big thing for us because we're not helping. <laughs> I think it's can you know gay yeah. couples can relate as well. It's always emotional. Well, that's a very interesting question, and I mean it's a very broad-based question. Has there been any research into the fact that gay men would experience the same issues as straight men? Because bodies are bodies, people are people, and relationships are relationships. Sure. Well, if you look at the literature available to make these types of decisions they are typically only based on that one element of that wonderful scoring Mm. system i mentioned they focus only on erectile function Mm. and then to your point uh, males are male you know you have the necessary equipment and uh, your hormones should respond in a certain way produce these neurotransmitters so irrespective of your sexual orientation the object um, of your affection doesn't make a difference it makes zero difference Mm. in terms of that well i mean the the initial activation of desire which is which is responsible for driving this the substance called Mm. nitric oxide which leads this whole 
dilatation of, of, the, of the of the penis, etc. Um, that does need that does need an intact desire system mm. to initiate, and and I think that's where a lot of people think they can pop a pill and without actually being in the mood for sex, they will mm. still get an erection. It that doesn't work like that. Yeah. You still have to yeah. have desire. So again, that whole part is just totally neatly carved out of the assessment mm. of erectile dysfunction in the, the current modern uh, standpoint. So yes, uh, in terms of uh, sexual orientation, no, there's no data to to say. Look, these issues that you mm. suffer if you're straight, these issues if you suffer if you're gay, you know, they pretty much throughout. Yeah, it's it's across the the, the board. It's yeah. important to get it. It's 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 um, a human is a human. We, we many times are more similar. You said before, Jonty, that it was quite weird for you to see the difference in cultures. Actually, well, you know, in South Africa we have quite a range of cultural groups. Yeah, and. Everybody tends to look at sex slightly differently. Um, so therefore, in some groups, it would be more open than in other groups. And a while ago, there was quite an interesting ad campaign, and I think they used some Springbok rugby players to talk about erectile problems um, to try and kind of normalize this and say it's okay. Um, but I think, again, it was quite a uh, – from what I remember, and I could be totally wrong mm-hmm. here – that the only rugby players that were part of the ad were white rugby players. Yeah. Um, and that's just what it was. So, you know, we have all these different groups of people in South Africa who do look at sex differently. Yeah. Um, but for everyone, their sexual prowess, for want of a better word, is their definition of masculinity. Yeah, yeah. Full stop. Well, already in, in the in the type of individuals who are contacting us and saying, look, um, I, I want something that I can take and perform. And I want to perform like a, An a lion, you know. Yeah. I, I want I want scratch marks down my back, and then I'm then I'm satisfied. Um, versus a group of people who go, listen, I I don't necessarily want to perform on demand. I'm I'm not a you know a circus yeah. a circus pony. I, I'll respond when I'm good and ready. And we're seeing a, a group of people who are kind of going, give us something that we just enables us to be ourselves mm. again. Which is fantastic because that idea of performance is about you. It's not about her or her satisfaction Mm -hmm. or him or his satisfaction. Let's include everybody. It's about – and as soon as it's about a performance, it's a totally internal or external judgment. Um, And I have to tell you something, guys. Uh, it doesn't matter how hard it is if you don't know what you're doing with it. It doesn't matter whether it's big or small. Yeah. And if you don't know what scratch, you're doing with it. usually the scratch mark is really because we're suffering. Yeah. It's like, get this Absolutely. off Absolutely. Oh, my God. If you don't, it's been 10 minutes now. Fuck off. Yeah, because if you can't get that right, it doesn't matter. And I will say something else here. Tomorrow, you and I have had this discussion lots over the years. Regarding, a lot of guys regarding the orgy that we, oh no, not something no, else. Okay. No. A lot of guys who have big cocks are fucking lazy lovers. That's very true. <laughs> sorry. Because they think they just have to kind of be there not and that's sorry. enough. Big or not, you've got to learn what to and do. And also with the that. same. We are all doing the same fucking thing. It's not sexy to do the same thing. Kiss, Jonty always speaks about it. Kiss, uh, nipple, neck, whatever, suck you, blow you. Fuck it. Where's your fucking creativity? You were expected to be creative in this life, Guys, you know? you've got to learn about rhythm. Jesus. No, rhythm. I don't get it. Rhythm, rhythm. Let's talk yeah. about rhythm. So here's a, one amazing rhythm. Somewhere we've got a, an old video of the love dance. Yeah. That we did in yeah, the studio. Yeah, I think I have it. Will you find it? Sure. And put it up yeah, somewhere? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. We have it. Okay. 
So love dance is amazing, but here's an amazing rhythm. Because sex is about rhythm and about angles, and every time you change an angle, you it change stimulation. So here's an amazing rhythm. It comes from the Taoists, the Chinese guys who have this 5,000-year amazing history mm. of sexual knowledge. Really, really cool. And it doesn't matter what position you're in. It works just the same. So you do nine very shallow strokes. That's like almost just the head going in nine and then one really deep. And nine and that builds up this amazing fire and this amazing sensation and then one really deep. And that's what you do. And you don't change that. And it's amazing. And then you make your one stroke, your one deep stroke really hard. So you've got to put your whole being into it. And make noise, guys. Who makes noise during sex? Women. That's so But that's true. true. Even in porn, men are... Mm. <laughs> no, men Silence are, observer. Men are like that's weird it. dummies in porn. They just go... She and, wants to uh-huh. know that you're there. So be there with her. And it. you want to perform like a lion. Make a noise like a lion. And growl and grin. Be a fucking man. Ow. <laughs> Sorry. I think I had an ear orgasm. <laughs> Uh, but it's noise. okay. Don't be like awkward, like you know, growl out of nowhere. But you know, like Austin Powers type story. Don't do that. But definitely, when the time is right, let yourself go. Work on on like stomach breath. Breathe to your stomach. That's why yoga and all this, you know, more ancient or profound, let's say, practices gets your prana, gets your all your blood stream going down. You know, we 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 literally we. Close everything. We don't breathe. We close ourselves with tiny, very tight clothes. Even men, like my husband this morning, like I looked at his dinner. I was like, dude, you look really good, but that's fucking tight. Like, is it comfortable? He's like, yeah, okay, he's a skinny person, but it's like, it's really tucking everything. Like I'm even talking about the pelvis and the tummy. We can't expand. We can't breathe. So we went to Pride a few weeks ago. You were overseas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, there are a lot of drag queens. It was beautiful I to know, see. But some so. of them were wearing some very, very skimpy costumes. And we were walking around and there were definite questions from some of the people we were with. Where does he put, put it? it? Tuck it. They tuck it. They tuck it so yeah, beautifully. Yeah, but how, you have to tuck. If you saw tuck, some, yeah. what some it's of these men were wearing, yeah. really tightly. Just don't get an erection and, and everything's fine. Absolutely being no in. chance. It's like, no, I'm not looking up, not looking up. It's all good here. Don't break the tape. <laughs> don't break the tape. <laughs> really, Any glue? Really cool. No, not good, not good. Anyway, Absolutely. we don't breathe. So, yes, it is when you hear yourself, you get aroused. So that's an interesting thing because there is this old myth. And, well, let's find out. Is it a myth that um, that really tight clothes over time are going to constrict sexual functioning no not sexual functioning no no it's it's more the, it's more the testes mm. okay they 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 need to be at a certain temperature in order to produce you know yeah. sperm mm. sure and so if you tucked up and really squeezed up you they just don't produce they they kind of get shut down but um mm. provided you can keep a constant temperature and hence tight clothing on a hot day bad mm. so if you try that's really more the subfertility issues you know men going jeez i don't know what the deal is you know mm. I'm, I'm vigorous like a crazy mountain lion but Mm -hmm. yet we can't conceive what's the issue and And there is an an interesting thing that sperm counts around the world are dropping oh yeah absolutely i mean this Mm. this this western culture is 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 awful awful (laughs) for our fertility full stop oh it's terrible um you know it's just the food the water the pollution the stress everything maybe it's nature kind of taking care of herself oh amen we need less yeah i think Um, nature's saying your dna can stay right in this in this era we don't need more of it yeah some dna can stay some not i i decided Mm. not 
to move it forward. It's damaged goods. Don't need natural selection. Don't need. Yeah. Let let it let it stay with me. I love me, and I think you should stay here. It's so tight jeans on natural selection. That's what yes, it is. Yes, that's no, what it is. That's okay. how I I, I deal right. with my with my partner. No, but it's it's true that you just can't you can't move your pelvis. It was more yeah. about that. Jonty's talking about the love dance, and about all the different pelvis movements because yeah. this. Is not really. It's it's after some time the tissues, both the cock and the vagina or the lingam and the yonia, they get they get numb. Mm-hmm. It's like the same reaction in the brain, so you get the same message. Right. Everything that you do too much, you know, Jonty does this in the workshop. Everything you do the same thing again and again and again, it gets boring, and that's why the Taoist practices are so good because you you change, you surprise, and you try different angles in the you know in the heterogeneous zones and all the. Places that feel really, really nice. You don't know how many amazing spots you really have. And trying to focus on performance, it's the actual last thing we're looking for. We're looking for listening. I can speak for myself and for many women that I've spoke to, came across also through John T and my personal life, because that's usually what I <laughs> harass women. How are you? Tell me. You know, that's how it goes. Okay, so stop yeah. talking. No, now. I can't. Well, I, I'm going to interrupt Thanks. you. <laughs> Go Hi, Bristophilia. Oh, yes. Brilliant. Yes. <laughs> Hybristophilia is being aroused by criminals. No, man. Get out of here. Yeah, so, you know, people who are in jail, like for mass murder, they get all these um, amazing marriage proposals and things. Yes. All these women. That's Hybristophilia. No. And wh- where does it come from? Bristol? It's like know. Bristol jail. What is this? I don't know. So somebody, th- that's the term. That is so cool. Like for criminals we and criminal like acts and, and, you know, serial killers get all these Okay, that's a bit much. That's high Bristol. How to catch your favorite girl. Yeah. How to murder. Yeah. No. All in the same self-help guide. She'll never yeah. come back. So, Dr. Bradley Wachmark, it's been really cool being with you. Thank you. Thank I have you, enjoyed Jody. the conversation. Have you? As have I. I, I have learned so much. I, I, my notepad is full. <laughs> in <laughs> your you. heart. In my heart, yes. Where Thank can you. we find you if we want to ask more questions? Well, at this stage, um, you can you can contact uh, the, website? the website. Okay, the website. we're tweeting think, it now. I think you've got all that info there. So yeah, perfect. On the website and uh, the whole bunch of people who are as motivated to to help people out there. And uh, yeah, we're we're available. A lot of very cool information. Thank, thank you for you. your open mindedness and thank you so much for the invite. I've learned a lot. Oh, Appreciate cool. it. Thank you. We wish next you week. All no, nothing. So we're working on something. Okay, working on something. We'll tweet it out. If it happens, it's going to be really cool. It's going to be a little bit shocking. It's going to be really cool. <laughs> Thank you for everything, John. So You're making the world a better sex world. We wish you all so much pleasure. Bye.